Welcome back to the exclusive Builder Funnel Radio mini-series, Profit Bleeds with Todd DeWalt. As a reminder, in this mini-series, Todd and I dive into eight different profit bleeds that are causing your construction business to lose money. Solve these profit bleeds and you'll have yourself a solid, profitable construction business. Each episode has practical, tactical strategies for eliminating profit bleeds and putting more cash back in your pocket. All right, let's get into the show. Hey guys, welcome back to episode three of Profit Bleeds with Todd DeWalt. Todd, welcome back. It's one of my favorite topics. I love talking about profit bleeds and more importantly, how to how to solve them. So I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Well, definitely that that second piece, right? How <laughs> how to solve them. I'm sure people, as soon as they start talking about profit bleeds, <laughs> start to cringe and go. Yeah, uh, people typically get this this kind of pit in their stomach. They're like, oh, this sucks because, yep, that's that's me. That's me. I'm. So I have these conversations with people and I ask, so how much, let's talk about how much these profit bleeds are costing you. And it's not unusual for them to get up over $100,000 a year pretty quickly. That's not a good feeling. The good news is they can be solved. Yeah, yeah, that is, is good news. And so next one on the list is phone time. And I can imagine today more than ever before, this is a big one. <laughs> yeah. And it's, well, just saying phone time. So think about how much time people spend on their phones. I have, enormous, seen, right? <laughs> I, I have seen guys running track hose in the street, like working around existing utilities with the phone tucked under their ear. I've seen guys driving dump trucks, crowded job sites. I've, I've seen people on step ladders, like trying to work with their phone under their ear. And obviously, there's some safety hazards there. They're distracted. But another issue is people with earbuds or AirPods in listening to podcasts, listening to music, and they can't, they're not available to communicate with their crew leader, for example. So, one of my clients who's an electrician said the biggest problem with phones wasn't people talking on the phone, but when somebody might be in, one of their electricians might be in another room, but they couldn't hear when they yelled, you know, hey, Chris, come over here. So the supervisor had to stop what they're doing, go over there, tap them on the shoulder. Hey, take the phone out. Take the earbuds out. Take the AirPods out so you can actually hear what's going on. So there's the, the safety issue, the distraction issue. But think about how much time people spend on the phone. When they're, it could be personal calls. There's an incredible amount of baby mama drama on job sites <laughs> where wives, girlfriends, personal stuff, they're just getting calls all the time. Getting calls from other people, trade partners, guys on the crew, whatever the case may be. And this could be phone, text, social media, Facebook. Uh, and then one of the other problems is they're talking to you as the boss, maybe. If you're the project manager, if you're the business owner, think about how much time there's, that you're spending on the phone with your guys. And I found this really interesting article that was written by a, a software guy. His name is Paul Graham. And um, he wrote an essay about how managers think about time differently than developers, for example. So the manager blocks out their time in 30-minute increments, and they just move from call to call to call to call to call. 
meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting. But if somebody is coding something, or in our case, if somebody's building something and you call them in the middle of that block, then it's they can't just switch gears. So they, they operate in half, your, your builders operate in half-day chunks. They think morning, afternoon. And if you call and, and disrupt their flow in the middle of a chunk, you haven't just cost them 10 minutes. You could have cost them that whole chunk because they have to stop, get back into the groove, figure out where they're at and pick things back up. So it's, if you really think about phone usage and phone time, it's just getting worse. And it is an absolute productivity killer. It's a safety hazard. And we really have to do something about it. Yeah, that's a good good point. I've read a couple of book, books on flow. And that's, I think, kind of what you're talking about there, where you, you get into a a project, whatever it is, whether you're at your computer or you're on the job site or working on something. And you once you get deep into that, you are uber productive. And then anything that breaks that, you know, a text, you know, quick call, then, you know, they, I think there's all that data around switching costs, you know, the switching tasks and multitasking. And, you know, the brain can't necessarily multitask two activities where it needs thought, you know, and so you're, you're just switching rapidly back and forth. <laughs> you don't yeah, notice it, but it's just a killer. And not getting anywhere. There's this attention residue. So your brain doesn't just switch from one channel to the next or one task to the next. It's when you switch to task number two, your brain ramps down from task number one to task number two. And then when you switch from two to three, there's this, this residue and if you have people constantly switching, they're not getting anything done and, and they're stressed. And I actually did a, a podcast episode. I don't remember the, ep- the episode number, but it's the builder schedule versus the manager schedule. Mm. Managers just go from meeting to meeting, call to call, and builders think about their time differently. And this is a, a source of frustration. I can remember I, my very first job, I was working in an office of a construction company and it was a utility company, excavation company. And there was the superintendent on the field who told um, Jennifer, her name was the girl in the office. Her name was Jennifer. She was an admin, didn't have any experience in construction. And she would just call Gary out in the field whenever she had a question. And one day Gary was like, Jennifer, I'm going to have to get you out in the field one day. So you know what it's like. And she was like, what's he talking about? It's because every time Jennifer called him with some little question, he had to stop what he was doing, go to his truck, get off a piece of equipment, and it just completely disrupted the flow. Yeah, that's it's massive. And yeah, you think about, um, yeah, anytime you get into a project and you're just flowing. I, I've had this recently happen and you go, man, I got this big list. I got these big projects. And then I block off two hours or three hours and then you blow through it and you're done and you you feel like, oh man, I was so stressed before, but you don't realize that if you just have focus time, Mm -hmm. then you can really move at a quick pace. So with phones, you know, phones are in people's pockets. They're, they're everywhere. How do you start to, to solve this one? Is it just education? Is it better communication beforehand so you're not having all these interruptions and and that that stuff you can control that doesn't count family stuff texts from you know coming through all that stuff 
Yeah, there are a couple of things. One place I would start would be, well, here's where I would, I would never start. People, sometimes people ask me, well, should I like, take away their phones or should I make policies or should I do things that involve taking something away from people? And I, I would say you may have to, but that's not where I would start because that may make sense from an accounting standpoint, but from an emotional standpoint and a leadership standpoint, when you start taking things away from these people who are out on the job sites, working in heat, mud, rain, pretty tough conditions, you start taking stuff away from them, that is not good for morale. So where I always start is what can I do? What can we do in the office or the trailer to help make their lives better? And one place I would start would be with, would be batching communication. So let's not be like Jennifer calling Gary every 30 minutes with some little question that's not urgent. It's just, it's at the top of her list. So let's not be like that. Let's batch our communication. Batching is like, instead of making phone calls as they pop into your head, batch your communication and establish one or two or three times a day that you're going to talk to your people in the field and leave them alone. That's really what it comes down to. Just leave them alone. Let them build. Understand the difference between your manager schedule and their builder schedule and give them long, uninterrupted blocks of time. Don't have meetings at 11 o'clock or 10 o'clock in the morning. If you're going to have project meetings, coordination meetings, understand what their blocks of time are. Have them before a block, the end of a block, whatever. But batch communication, what I like to do is, is set up times with people. Say, we're going to talk at 7.30 in the morning, we're going to talk at lunch or at the end of the day. And then when you have questions, you just collect those questions or issues and hold them until you have a call. That way you can do your work, they can do their work, and everything gets done. Now, if there are urgent matters that need to be dealt with, send a text. Get back to me when you can, but try to leave people alone and let them, let them get their work done. That's, that's what, one thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Another thing you can do, and I actually did this, was I created a policy of no personal phones on the job site. Now, some people think, you can't do that. Well, go into a McDonald's. Do you see people working at the cashier station, checking their phone, their personal phone? Probably not. You establish the policy. So you can create a policy that says no personal cell phone usage while you're on the clock. People will will be thinking, well, I need to communicate with my people. How How do I communicate with them? They have to have a phone. Give them a flip phone. Give them a cheap, rugged phone that allows them to make voice calls and send texts. Maybe get them a basic smartphone. But... No apps, set the policy, no personal phone usage while they're on the job site. Keep it in the toolbox, keep it in your truck, keep it in the gang box, whatever. Check it on breaks. I've actually had people thank me for setting up that policy. (laughs) That way, all of the drama at home couldn't call them during the day. I'm like, thanks for doing that. That makes my life (laughs) so much easier. So that's those are a couple of policies, batching communication. And then just create a policy that says no personal cell phone usage on the job site. 
Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode with Todd DeWalt. I wanted to quickly let you know about Builder Funnel Academy. We only open the doors twice a year and it's quickly becoming a top digital marketing training platform for residential remodelers and builders. For over a decade, our team has been helping residential construction companies 3X, 5X, and oftentimes 10X their lead flow. As you know, leads are the lifeblood of any business because leads turn into sales, which turns into cash. And the main reason companies fail is because they run out of cash. To learn more about Builder Funnel Academy and get on the wait list, go to builderfunnelacademy.com slash VIP. If you're looking for more predictability in your marketing and sales funnel, check out Builder Funnel Academy. We'd love to see you inside the program. Remember that's builderfunnelacademy.com slash VIP to get on the VIP list. Let's get back to the show. Easy enough. And, and I feel like it goes back to what you talked about in the previous episode, which is you're really prioritizing your revenue producers, which, you know, you're saying, hey, manager time versus producer time. Hey, the manager, you may have questions or just admin people or whatever, but hey, we've got to give these people their big chunks of time, let them be productive, and we'll work around them. And as soon as you flip it, you know, that's when the disaster strikes. Yeah. And you can set the same, some of it's setting expectations. So you can set expectations with your clients. Let's say you're a remodeling contractor and remodeling clients are notorious for having all these ideas every morning that they want to talk about. Set the expectation that we understand you have stuff you want to talk about, but Jeff's job is to get work done. We have to get your project done. So you can create an expectation and then a better way of for your clients to communicate with you rather than just saying, hey, what about this? What about this? What about this? Have them send an email. Better yet, have them fill out some sort of change order request form so they have to do the work of submitting that information. But set expectations, set policies, protect their time. And the same thing goes, goes for you in the office. Have deep work sessions. One of the biggest productivity tips that I've come up with in the last several years is 90-minute deep work sessions. Go somewhere else. Get away from the office. Put your phone on airplane mode. Go to a Panera. Go to a coffee shop. I personally like to go to public libraries and work. You'll be amazed at what happens. If you can just put your head down, hammer out estimates, hammer out some of these policies we're talking about, get through financial reports, whatever it is. You'll be amazed what you can get done in 90 minutes and maybe just start with 30 minutes of deep work, but you have to be intentional about it. That's a really good one. Yeah, and if if you think 90 minutes is too much, there's a technique you can look up called the Pomodoro technique and that'll get you into 25-minute intervals and uh, we won't go into it now, but take 90 minutes, take a half an hour, but yeah, block it off and, and eliminate interruptions. So yeah, it's really it's really about being intentional. You're you're not a call center. You think about every phone call, text message, email is like a little hijacker. They're trying to hijack your schedule. They're trying to take over your time and your schedule and use it for their benefit. And you have to protect it. So you have to be intentional about those things instead of just going along for the ride. Good point. Good point. So what's stolen time, Todd? What? How does that occur? Ah, this, this is an uncomfortable one that nobody wants to talk about. But stolen time is people charging you 
for time they're not actually doing work. This nobody wants to talk about this, but it's it's really it's stealing time. It's fraud. What it looks like is a mechanic named Dwayne who drives 30 or 40 minutes to work every day. And I found out that he was clocking in every morning, 15 minutes away from the shop. Mm. So clock in. He clocked in at clock in time, even if he wasn't there yet. And his deal wasn't to get paid for drive time. And the reason I was able to do that was because I had a system that we can talk about in a minute that allowed me to, to see where, the, where people were that had some GPS capabilities. But it's, it looks like clocking in before getting to the, the, sh- the shop or the job site. Another one is, I, I couldn't believe I had this conversation, but I, I had some guys that were, they would leave the job site, drive 20 minutes at lunchtime, get to a restaurant, then clock out, take their allotted 30-minute break, clock back in, drive back to the job site. And they're taking close to an hour, in some cases over an hour. And they thought, well, but I, I wasn't eating lunch. <laughs> I, I only clocked out while I was eating. And I, I couldn't believe I had to clarify. This has nothing to do with when you're eating, what you're eating, how much you're eating, where you're eating. It's are you doing work? And so it's people <laughs> being on the clock, oh, not doing work. And it adds up 15 minutes a day, 25 bucks an hour. You do the math, it it gets pretty large pretty quickly. And there's also some ripple effect there. It's frustrating as a business owner when, when you realize somebody's stealing from you, you lose trust in them. There's, there's an ugly ripple effect there. And for the folks listening, if you've ever had somebody do this to you, it's, it's not pretty. And it, it makes it really difficult to, to trust that person. And it, it's really irritating to think, man, I'm out here putting everything on the line and I have personal guarantees and I'm, skip, I'm missing my own paycheck sometimes to take care of you. And you guys are log, clocking in 15 minutes early and 15 minutes, clocking out 15 minutes late every day. That's that's demoralizing. Yeah, yeah, it's brutal. And I mean, it is really the same effect as them stealing money from petty cash or something like that. It it mm-hmm. looks and feels different, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, if you think about just the the moral aspect of it, and and like you said, it makes it really tough to trust that person. So, how do you solve this one? Is it just that that straight up conversation? You mentioned a tool with some GPS. Like, what are some good ways to maybe monitor, but then also, you know, course correct? I think there are probably three parts. One would be policy and then set expectations and then verify. So you have to level set the expectation, create a policy. Doesn't matter what's happened in the past, how things have been done in the past set the expectation. This is the policy, rather. This is how we do it. This is when you clock in. This is the expectation of when you'll show up at the job site, where you'll clock in. Should people drive directly to the job site? Should they come to the shop? Will they get paid drive time? Just come up with a policy. When 
how long is lunch every day? Do you take breaks? What time do you take breaks? Should they clock out for breaks? Just come up with a policy. There are no, there are some wrong answers just based on your state labor codes, but just set a policy, share the policy with everybody, and then set the expectation. This, this is how we're going to do this. Make sure everybody's on the same page. And then you have to be able to verify it. So having a system like T-Sheets, for example, uh, this is one of the first things I did when I was brought in to clean up a company was to implement a system like T-Sheets because otherwise people were sending in their hours by text, email, phone call, little scribbles of paper on a daily sheet. It was just a disaster. And so if you want more information on T-Sheets, you can go to constructionleadingedge.com forward slash T-Sheets and check it out. It's an absolute game changer and it allows your each individual person to clock in. It's, it's a time clock and they can clock in by text or with a smartphone and they are responsible for clocking in and clocking out. And it's also really good if people are changing between jobs or between activities. You can track labor costs per cost code or per project code that way, which has some benefits for workers' comp for a lot of people. But have a a system where people are accountable for clocking in and clocking out themselves. And then you have to verify. Trust, but verify. So do some audits. Run reports every once in a while. Some random reports. That's why we have random drug testing. Do the same thing. Run some reports. This system and a lot of other systems has the ability to GPS stamp somebody's location when they clocked in and just do some random reports. In many cases, just telling people, telling your people, hey, we have to do audits of this. We will be doing audits. That is a deterrent. That's enough of a Mm -hmm. deterrent that people will follow the rules. So create a policy, set the expectation, and then verify periodically to provide some accountability. Yeah, that's great. And we've, we've used T-sheets uh, here as well. And, you know, it's, it's simple. It's easy to use. It allows you to do that verification step because you can't be everywhere checking in on people. You know, <laughs> Are you clocked in 15 minutes early or not? And so, yeah, you, you, know, you do have an added expense there, but it probably pays for itself in spades by not having to manual enter all this garbage, you know, and everyone doing yeah. it differently. So, yeah, I, I, I paid... At one point, I was paying maybe three or four hundred dollars a month for T sheets. This was quite a while ago, and it easily saved me two thousand dollars a month just in direct labor cost of processing all of that stuff. Not to mention, I don't even know how much it saved because people would clock in to the minute, not to the nearest hour or the nearest thirty minutes that they thought they worked until it it was real time, and it's. It's one of the best best returns on investment that that I ever have seen when it comes to software. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, it sounds like with these couple of profit bleeds that we've discussed in this episode, a big part of it is uh, policy and just clear communication. You know, mm-hmm. hey, this is when you can use phones. You know, either personal phones or no, and when you can use them, and then. Same with this, you know, hey, we're using time tracking. This is when you should be clocking in, when you should be clocking out. Any final thoughts on either of these or uh, is that, do you feel like that summarizes it 
I, I think one one thing that's important to talk about is the implementation. It's easy to go into your office, close the door, scribble out a policy furiously, and then just come out of your come down from your fortress of solitude and just hand it out to everybody and then kind of cram it down their throats. And if you do that, typically people will resist it. They'll actively resist it. They'll be like, oh yeah, screw you. Yeah. You're going to have to make me. And I, I tried that for a long time. <laughs> and that was the response that I got. So what I found is important is to point out, talk about what you're going to figure out what needs to happen, right? It, like, we're going to have a phone policy. We're going to have a clock-in policy. It's a non-negotiable. We're a real big boy and big girl business. We have to have this stuff. A couple of things that typically get missed that will be game changers for implementation will be two things. Number one, talk about why you're doing it. Actually, three things. Talk about why you're doing it. Make sure people understand why they're doing it. Number two is include them in the implementation. Include people in the, the process. And then number three would be point out what's in it for them. Maybe ask them, how do you think this is going to help you? Because people take action when they hear themselves say why they should. So point out what's in it for them. Tell them why, and then include them in the implementation. And then your stick rate's probably going to be a lot better. Good advice. All right. Well, thanks again, Todd. And thanks everybody for listening. We will see you on one more episode. We're going to cover a couple more profit bleeds. So we'll see you then. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. There were definitely some good tactical takeaways from this episode. And I think they were really around establishing policy and communicating that clearly. Make sure to think through the policies before you roll them out, like Todd mentioned, but a solid policy and clear communication will go a long way toward protecting more of your profit. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you back here on this Builder Funnel Radio original mini-series for the last episode of Profit Bleeds with Todd DeWalt. Mm-hmm.